It is a very warm welcome to a very special edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. We are partnering with the great rugby brand that is Canterbury. And Canterbury, obviously fully immersed in the game of rugby. And that's been no different with the surgence of the women's game that we have seen of late. And one of their ambassadors is on the pod today to uh, have a special chat with us. It is Ellie Kildun, Grand Slam winner. And how was it out in France? Um, just what the feeling's like on, on that final whistle? Because, you know, France certainly came out of the traps very, very quickly early on. France, France have been fantastic, the Six Nations. They're, they're always fantastic. They're, they've got some really big girls. And you don't realise how big they are until you stand next to them. Um shaking the hands after the match they were almost like grabbing my whole arm in, in the handshakes and then yeah no when the final whistle went it's it's relief it's pride um excitement for for what's to come because obviously we've got got them in the world cup we know that they're going to come back fighting um as they always do they're constantly getting better so yeah we were all um just happy that that we've we got ourselves in the position that we did and we got a good win yeah, it was a, a good win in the end because of late it's been very, very tight between between you two, of course, in the same World Cup pool as well. That's 10 in a row now. You've got to be thinking um, it's a it's a big mental battle for uh, for France, apart from apart from anything else. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen how some of the girls um, train. I've, I've got a few of them on, on Instagram and... Just like the, the way that they play, they're just so relentless. Um, so it, either, it doesn't really matter how many times we've beat them because we've got to kind of treat every game as if it's the first time we've played them. Um, you never know what they're going to bring. They're all a little bit crazy and they, they'll get always get the offload off. They'll always get the, the lucky bounce. And yeah, you, you can't really go into it um, too confident. you just got to take it as it comes and know that you've put in the hard work first. And are you uh, involvement in the Sixers more so to be the tournament than, than the latter stage? How, how happy are you with, with where you are with your, your own personal play, but also within that squad? It is yeah, it is a huge, huge year for, for women's rugby, not for you on a club level, international level, just for the Six Nations. You'll have a, a couple of games in the summer and then, and then straight to New Zealand, fingers crossed, um, for the World Cup, where, where are you? Where, where are your your happiness levels with Ellie Kildun right now? Um, I'm really feeling like I'm starting to come into my own. Um, I started the season off um, and wasn't playing the way that I wanted to play. Um, and I don't really know why, whether I was playing with what's in my head or thinking what else people wanted me to do. Um, and after a tough bit of feedback, um, just to, just before the new year, I was so ready to, to get cracking and then I broke my hand. Um, so I had no rugby up until the start of the Six Nations. And I, I started off and, and throughout just building my confidence and in training, making the learnings pretty quick. Um, and towards the end of the Six Nations, even though I didn't get that much time in the final, especially in training, um, I feel like I'm really coming to life. I'm excited for what's to come uh, because I know that there's um, a long way to go, um, but I'm, I'm hungry and I'm sure that it's, it's all going to be a quick turnaround bringing people to light, lighting up the field myself as well and really um, 
opening up a new way of playing uh, for the women's game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a sort of slightly broader um, look at the, the look of the Six Nations. Um, I, I don't think even the most ardent supporter of the women's game would have would have believed the impact Six Nations has had uh, across the board, and not just your your regular women's rugby fans, but but just generally across the board, rugby fans, not even rugby fans, sports fans. Um, mm. How important it, it are the likes of TikTok, Canterbury, these kind of brands coming into the women's game, nailing their, their colours to the mast and saying, do you know what? Yeah, the, we know where the women's game is, is going to go, or certainly hope hope so, uh, and, and we're, we're backing that horse. Yeah, it's it's so important. I mean, first of all, you look at TikTok being the, the main sponsor of the Six Nations. That's massive um, in itself. It's a brand that everyone's familiar with now we've just gone through a lockdown where everyone's been glued to the phone um and that's opened up like a, a whole new channel to um the like generation z almost um to really like grab hold of what we're doing um and it creates it almost like a trend um weird to say it, but it's social media so it's all on trends and um that that was absolutely massive um the content that they they got out was really cool and it's it's definitely helped as as a team um get the, get people down to watch you've seen the the Gloucester game and the 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 game at Leicester as well were just phenomenal numbers um and similarly having Canterbury and all the other big sports brands like that's really cool that's they're international brands with massive followings and to see that they've got ambassadors to see that they're sponsoring the game um and the teams within the game at a high level and especially being female is massive and it, it's a it's a really big stand um that other brands can maybe jump on as well it's, it's one of the fastest growing sports and it's gonna be, it's gonna go in that way. And I'm, I'm excited, especially for the future. But I think it's sooner than that. Look after the World Cup. Hopefully, we're gonna be playing well in the World Cup anyway. And if we can come out of there being successful, I really believe with the backing of these brands, it's gonna change the women's game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So you're obviously involved with with Canterbury. Um, and say a long, a long-standing association with the game of rugby, probably the standard bearer. Everyone, you know, local grassroots clubs, don't they? They, they want Canterbury kit, don't they? It's uh, that fight for uh, you know, got to have Canterbury, um, and it has been the way for, for for many a year. Your relationship with them, how, how did how did that come about? Um, I think it was just through my agent, if I'm honest. He he he'd even been in contact, or they'd been in contact, and. Um, we jumped on it pretty quick because it was such a special brand to be part of, and they they had a bit of um, they they had a bit of the social media um, hiccups in in the past, and they've they've really capitalised on that, um, and they've taken a massive step forward. They haven't just got me as ambassador as an ambassador, but they've got quite a few girls. I always see it on my on my TikTok and on my social media that they've got the grassroots players um and they're really putting in a lot of work to um progress the game and you know really help accelerate um these girls coming forward and and in hand that'll just bring the grassroots players up up another level. 
I think with with yourself and as much as I don't, don't know you particularly well, sort of one on one, but um, sort of being around the, the, the squad and, and know 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 about you, um, I suspect doing this this little mini series in the, the the game, uh, these little mini films, funny uh, a lot yeah. on inspiration women. I suspect from from a partnership point of view you probably had to do it but knowing the youngest person that, that you are actually to to be put in that category and be able to to spread a message and potentially help one or two three four ten twenty a hundred people you would have jumped to that chance absolutely i think it's so important to um to become a role model and, and be able to tell your story i might not have the same story as a lot of the other girls um in the squad already because i've been fortunate enough to come straight into the team when I was 17, 18 years old. Um, I haven't had to work. I've worked one other job at Sports Direct over a Christmas period. And I think it's just so cool to be able to to tell my story. Um, and to I, I want to inspire as many people as I can do. And I want to break down the barriers that are there or people just think that they're there and they're not there. And it might just be that you just need to hear it. You just need to hear someone say something that is so relatable and know that I'm a very, I'm a normal person and anybody could be in my position. So I just want to get that message out and make sure that I've got a touch of as, as many people um, as I can do um, to help inspire them and motivate them to, to do great things. And Canterbury, uh, of course, helping you do that um, and, and other inspirational women as well. You speak about your, your, your journey there. Something you, you touch on, obviously, in the in the miniseries of, of, the, of the films. Let's just, a bit of management speak, let's dig down a little bit uh, further into that, if we if we may, Ellie. How did rugby come across you? Um, I know you've got an exceptionally close relationship with your mum, who uh, doesn't mind a, um, a bit of swimming once in a while as well, <laughs> in Sam's vibrations. Um, did she, she take you along to, to your local rugby club, or is this something you thought about doing? You'd heard friends. How, how did rugby come across your path? So where I live, I, I'm, I've been brought up in um, Yorkshire and in quite a rural area as well. We've only got two neighbours up there. Um and um, one seven neighbours is just two boys, and I've got a younger brother as well. And we were all playing out. And one day, they um, they were going to go to rugby training and leave me without like anybody to play with. So I kind of sat there, and and I, honestly, they've got nothing to do with each other. But I just thought for a split second, should I do rugby or should I play the drums? And honestly, it makes no sense. It makes no sense when I tell people. I don't know why I tell people, but I just remember that thought being there because I wanted to do something different. Even though, yeah, drums isn't that different, but I wanted to do something different. And um, yeah, I just went down training with the um, with the two boys. And from that point, I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved the fact that, you know, people would doubt me um, if I turned up because I had long hair um and that was a girl um but I just loved proving them wrong and um it fueled me in the game to to do something magical um and yeah so that that was that and my mum had a massive role obviously when I was younger taking me to places but she um 
when I had to stop playing with with the boys, I had to find a, a women's team. It was really hard to do so. I I started travelling just over an hour to go to a team where people were still putting the W's up to to try catch and tell, trying to tell the girls to pass backwards and not forwards. And at that point, my mum went hunting and found out when the Yorkshire trials were, so the county trials, and she just signed me up. Um, and I got there. I didn't have a team, so I lied about the team that I was playing with. I said, oh, yeah, I'm playing for, for Keithley. And that was the boys' team that I played for. It wasn't a, a female team. And I managed to do um, really well then. They said, Ellie, we know you don't have a team. Now go go, go find a team. So, yeah, she, she had a massive role in that. And ever since she's... Um, She's had. We both had to make massive sacrifices. I went to Hartbury College, which wasn't easy for both of us. Moving out at sixteen years old, being three hundred miles away, um, and that's a massive, massive sacrifice for a, a mother to make. Um, and but she's backed me the whole way. She's um, she's known that if I'm going to do something, I'll I'll do it full throttle and um, hopefully get out get the things out of it that that um, I have now. So yeah, she's been pretty vital in that well there's so much to, to to pick up on there not only i'm just my first thing to my tell me you've, you've you've taken up the drums now as well as playing international <laughs> oh <laughs> come on ellie <laughs> oh. we did we did have a drum kit at home and i, I think i could play one beat and that was it <laughs> so, mm, nah, next <laughs> Well, there you are. Um, that can be on the, the list of things to, to do in the future, possibly. Uh, but look, you, you, you talk about there some of the little hurdles that, that you had in, in terms of starting your rugby journey. What, what specifically you know, were those? Were, were you, cause we all think rugby's a big family and it's all open arms and all the rest of it. Was that the case when you, when we went down with your, your brother and, and the friend and what have you and, and were down at the local rugby club with it or were there particularly raised eyebrows at, Who's this boy with long hair? Oh no, it's actually a girl. How how sort of dare she? I think that's always going to be the case, but the, the, that's normally the opposition. Um, the the team that I played for, they were a massive family. They were all brothers to me. So, um, and if anybody said anything, they'd go and hit them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it is it is a massive family. But yeah, it's always going to raise some eyebrows when your son's just been run round by by a girl because you've got to come up with an excuse as to why why that's happened um i think it's a knock of pride and ego that i i love trying to do um and yeah that that was that was one of the hurdles and another another thing is having nowhere to get changed that was just massive just i, I can remember just getting changed behind my dad holding a towel um or running to the car to get ready whilst all the boys were in the changing room um that's one thing that that stood out to me and obviously I, I can I can understand it. It's you got a home changing room and an away changing room and if there's boys getting changed in each then a girl's not gonna have a place in there. But um everybody everybody tried to accommodate, whether it be the find a toilet for me or whatever. But yeah, it's one of them things that it, there's gonna be a lot of young girls out there that are still having to do that. It's such a simple fix, isn't it? Um and even as you say, a few years ago, um it was such a, a physical hurdle. But some some young ladies, Ellie, because what what age are we talking here? You what, eleven, twelve, sort of thirteen, that kind of Yeah, I had to stop playing when I was um for the boys team when I was twelve, thirteen. because um, then yeah. I was allowed to play down I was allowed to play down a year for the boys, but I only did that for half a season because 
some for some reason and I, I can't say what the reason was I went to a tournament uh, with school and there was quite a few complaints that I'd played there the year before and scored a lot of tricks and I was doing so for the, that te- the team that I played down a year from and from that point I wasn't allowed to play anymore so I don't know if it was the complaints or what but um, yeah it's up until the age of about 12. Yeah, bonkers. But the point I was, was going to make was some young ladies at that kind of age, you, you, you're changing behind a, a towel with your dad and there's no changing room and you're getting complaints and what have you. Somebody just said, do you know what? Where is that drum kit? Um, actually, that's that's going to just be a little bit more a calmer, pleasanter existence at, at that age. What what gave you the, the fight and the drive and the, and the desire to, to carry on? The, maybe the fact that I was scoring tries and it might have it might have been at the start of the game that people would turn around and look at me, but it that was the ignition um, for me. I, I'd see someone turn around and I thought, oh, you wait till after the game. And that that was it for me. I, I just wanted to make make people look silly, um, you know, stepping them, running around them. Um, and at that age, you don't really think about it. It's only since I've got older and I've, I've reflected on it. But at that age, I'm, I'm playing rugby with my mates um, and I'm enjoying it. I've never been about the, the the massive tackles or the running running it straight at someone. So it's always um, stuck with me being being quite an elusive player. Um, but yeah, that's that's what fueled it. You know, it's 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 good that people turn on because it's not a bad thing that people are looking around and saying, "Oh God, there's a girl there." Because they'll either be thinking one of two things: she's rubbish. Oh God, there's a girl there. We actually don't want her to run around us. And I always saw it as the second one. Um, and I tried to make sure that I did. And more often than not in your career, Ellie, you have. And boy, oh boy, do you <laughs> love scoring a try, uh, even to this day. It, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I know Simon Middleton, obviously your, your Red Roses coach pretty well and, and have done for, for many a year now. And I, I remember being at a training session and he said, I've, I've, I've found this, this new journey local to me up there and I saw her trial and she is going to be special. And yeah, it was you all those years ago. So, um, he, he, he saw that he saw the talent. So, so you were different. You're proving people wrong. Um, uh, that's clearly something you thrive on. Of course, I think it's, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it is a superpower that a lot of people try, a lot of people try not to be different, but I think the older you get, you work out, people do anything to do something a little bit different. Um, and it is, since I said it in one of the, the mini documentaries, it's a superpower. Um, these young girls and young boys that feel like they don't fit in, that's cool. That's cool. It might sometimes it might not feel. Trust me, I've been there. Um, it might not feel like a, a very good thing, but just stick with it because soon everybody's going to try. Everyone's going to try to be doing the same thing as as you and trying to do something different. And so it's really cool that you just stick to your guns and 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 be different. Have you kept that mantra as you've worked through your your, your club career and the international career? Not easy going into. You know, a highly established Red Roses uh, squad at the time when you came in. There would be uh, Dame Scarrett, of course, um, and Lady Katie Daly-McLean um, and Her Highness Sarah Hunter and, and all those kind of characters. As much as they're, they're lovely people, um, you know, it, it's fairly daunting. But have, have you kept kept 
true to your roots and, and, and being different and being being who you are as much as you can? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no point changing who you are for somebody because you're only going to have to change it again for the next person. So I've um, I've always I've always kind of been I've been myself. I've, I've got a certain humour that some people might find weird. People might say, "Oh, you're a bit of a weirdo," but that's I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's, so, it's so cool. Um, I, I tend to use the word quirky rather than weird. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've always been like that. I, I came in when I was 17, like I said. So there's no point trying to act like someone I'm not because I'm not that person. And I wouldn't have been able to keep it up anyway. I'd get caught out if, if I was trying to act a few years older than what I was. Or um, Yeah, and I've got some really good friends from it. So and um, that's why you've got to stick to who you are because people love you for that what are the main quirks then are, are they, do you put socks on your hand before you go out three oh. minutes before or no, do you braid no, your hair nothing, in a certain nothing, way nothing like that nothing nothing like that i think i'm just i'm just myself and you know if, if there's someone else not laughing at a joke that i've made i'm laughing at it myself and then people are laughing that i'm laughing and um, i'm quite um I, I like seeing people happy. I love seeing people laugh and I like seeing people letting their hair down. And I'm I'm known for loving karaoke. I, trust me, I don't actually love karaoke that much. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm going to sing this karaoke. I just want to see everybody with their hair down a little bit and just not caring about anything. So after every game, I'm saying, oh, who wants to go do karaoke? Just because I want to see people dancing around and having having fun it's it's what fuels the fire is seeing people with smiles on their face talk about singing there uh, it is a red roses tradition ladies and gentlemen um i've actually even had to do it on a red roses bus um back in the day uh in paris in 2014 um but you have to sing a song on your first cap on the first bus ride back from your first cap or, or just after yes, your first cap yeah. what was your your first song so I think it was um, "Count oh, on Me" on, by I Bruno Mars. No, I think it was because I did, I did, I did one of Sevens as well. And then since then, you do songs if you if you've um, scored tries or you've got Man of the Match or whatever, you've also got to sing. So they all kind of merge. But I believe oh, wow. it was "Count on Me" by Bruno Mars, which was quite an easy one. I don't know why I did that. Probably panicking, probably or just do one that doesn't have a high note. There was no Beyonce. There was no Alicia Keys. Um, but yeah, it, it was just quite an easy one that I could get everyone singing along to as well. I, I, I don't know that one. How, how does it go, Ellie? I'm not, I'm not singing it for you. I'm not singing it. <laughs> close. Always. Close, oh, she was just <laughs> about to bite, ladies and gentlemen. Um, not many people do. Magic. So, Ellie, for a young lady that you are, um, you must be incredibly happy with where you are, club and country. You're a, you're, you're a Grand Sam winner and. Um, barring some sort of rugby miracle, I suspect there's a, a plane ticket with your name on it going to New Zealand uh, come the autumn. Um, just how happy with, with where are you, with, with where, where you are at the moment? Um, yeah, I, I'm happy. I would always, if I've, I've been asked before, where would I rate myself out of 10? Um, I'd probably say six, but that's not because I'm. I feel like I'm underperforming. It's because I know there's a lot more to unlock of my game. Um, I'm I'm a player that will learn quickly and between each game progress and we've got a few games left of the season and I'm really yeah. excited to you know get up that ladder enter a different bit of my game whether it be more kicking or bringing I'm really trying to bring 
my outside to life um more and physically working physically i'm not i'm not the biggest player i wear shoulder pads i'm the only player in the team that wears shoulder pads um but trying to work on my physicality and bringing everyone else to light as well is something that i'm working on and hopefully before the the world cup i'll have i've ticked all them boxes so i'm ready and raring to go so where do you see yourself eddie Kildun, in in five even 10 years time you're 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 that young uh, uh, <laughs> as a player what what do you want to have achieved do you some players say would I like to go go and play some rugby down in France or possibly go and have a, you know, a bit of super rugby alpiki or, or, do you know, I, I, I want to be a, a one club person and I love that, love the, the quarters and I want to do that. And, you know, I'd like to be captain for England. Where, where, where do you, where do you see, where are your aspirations as a, as a, as a player in the next five, 10 years? Um, I'd say I want, I want to be one of the best, not, not just women's players, but rugby players. Um, and kind of open up parts of the game that people haven't seen and you know be be on the on the compilations of videos that you can type in like little boys and girls typing on youtube and i'm one of them um to see not just um you know people doing the, the johnny wilkinson thing at their club and going for the conversion but doing something um that i do would be pretty cool but that's only going to come with being a great player um and i want to i want to get the world world player of the year as soon as i can um it's gonna be hard work of course it's gonna be hard work but i want to have it i want to get that and then use it use it to to keep on going um which should be pretty cool i want i want to be world cup winner i want to go to the olympics and win an olympics um there's loads of opportunities that are out there and I'm just really excited to grab everyone really tightly and just go with it. Seven's there because you have flip-flop between the two. Do you have a preference? Obviously, you've chosen 15s at the moment and I believe there was a conscious decision you offered it and you took the 15s contract and England have the luxury of not having to cross back over. You're saying that you like to whiz back to sevens and yeah, fleet-footed as you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I both both games. I, I just love rugby at the end of the day, um, and that comes across uh, very strongly. Yeah, it, it, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's been my life. It's just what I've known my whole life, and I, um, I I'm still loving it. I'm not really seeing it as my job. It's still almost like a hobby, and you have to think. I, I speak to some some of the people, other people my age that are not in rugby. I think I cannot imagine doing that. I'm going to uni this afternoon to do a presentation because I'm still still doing a degree. I've been I've been there for a little while now, but I yeah I absolutely love it. And you know if it's fifteens or sevens, it's just to me it's you know you're focusing on on a competition and you're focusing on being the best player you can be, um, and both work on different parts of parts of the game. I. I loved sevens when I was in it. The, you know, it's space. It's taking on people. It's fast. Um, I also love fifteens and the technicality that comes with it. And you know, you have to be honest with yourself with physically, because um, even though you can, I, I don't want to say people always say you can hide more in fifteens, but you can't. You just got more of um, an individual role that you have to own. So the crossover is great. I um I I just want to be in a position where I've, I've got to the end of my career knowing that I've, I've taken every opportunity that I've, I've had in front of me.
Good message. It's a kind of message that uh, you can to be a board with, mate. Just announced a future fund um, just, a, just this morning. Actually, just got a, a press release of moving funds into the the, the women's game, um, and it's for grassroots to to apply for. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's good on them. Good on them doing it because it's only it's only going to be what um, pushes the game. We need investments. We need people to not just look at the the international team, but to push the grassroots is is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's basically to to sort of try and increase participation at grassroots level for for female players. Where where do you see? the role of, of somebody like like canterbury as we've said sort of uh, one of the major rugby brands where, where do you see their role as this this trajectory of women rugby just continues to to get steeper and steeper yeah i think it's i think they've got such an important role in um you know they're pushing role models um and influencers and people that can really have an impact on the grassroots players and and by putting in money and you know being being a lot of a lot of grassroots teams have got canterbury printed all over them but that that's what what it needs um and it's it's going to keep on going and the women's game is is going up like this and obviously canterbury with ireland um and yeah they it's it's only going to show that um Big brands support the the women's game, so other other brands and people will hopefully um, follow in their footsteps, and that's that's just what the women's game needs. It needs a chance. Um, and although people say that there's, you know, it doesn't have as many people coming to watch. Look at the the games in the Six Nations; they record breaking games. We had sellouts. It was it was absolutely incredible. I'm sure the atmospheres were 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 insane, weren't they? Um, that they they really were. I I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. Women's sport, and women's rugby is being being judged against men's rugby now. Well, you know, actually, the women's games back in the late '90s in terms of moving into professionalism, and you you can't judge it the same. And and as you say, there's been a little bit more emphasis on the on the broadcast and and the brands like like Canterbury, as you say, uh, uh, and TikTok getting involved. It, it makes people go, oh. Okay, well, they're involved, therefore it must be serious. And as sad as that is, that's the world we live in, uh, mm. full of spectacle and not much substance. But, 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 but it takes that sort of commitment from these kind of brands to to get in. So, w- with with the support of of, of the light of Canterbury, wh- where where can you see the women's game in in five, ten years? You know, the England are the preferred choice of world rugby for the next world cup, that kind of stuff. And there's a, an ambition to, to possibly sell out Twickenham. Um, h- how amazing would that be? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. I've, I've played at Twickenham a few times, but it, although it's amazing, it'd be, you know, you're there watching it for the men's and how the, the sound travels and how busy it is would be really cool to be, like playing and knowing that everyone in the crowd is is backing you. Because um, I, I, when I played there before, there's like a section of the of the stadium, and it makes it feel like it's such a big stadium. It makes it feel like there's nobody there. Um, actually, I was fortunate at big game um, thirteen that we had quite a big crowd because we had the men's playing after us, and that it was just yeah, it was really really cool. It um, no matter where you looked, you could see people and. Um, 
that that's what's going to move the the game forward. And let's say if it was a sellout, that would really you, you hear about it in football. Um, and the the figures at the Barcelona game, I think was it ninety one thousand or something like that. And you read about that and you think, God, that sounds cool. So then you you think, oh, I want to be part of that. And then you go because you think, oh, it's going to be a good atmosphere. And then suddenly, it it grows and grows and grows and grows and. Yeah, I think in the next five to ten years, it is really going to take. Um, it's going to it's going to propel the the game. It's going to you know hopefully the Premiership it will be fully professional. Uh, girls won't have to work other jobs and then train in the evening uh, till nine o'clock at night. Um, and I truly believe that the game is going that way. And hopefully we can. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in a position at 22 years old where I'm playing for the next generation because I am the next generation. Um, so we need we need it now. We need the the building blocks now. We need people to get on on it and you know like Canterbury, like TikTok, just invest and backers and great things will come from it. There it is. There's the sales pitch. No wonder you're an ambassador for them. Sold. Uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> big big tick in the box um no look ellie i i think um i think you, you speak from the heart there and I, and I think that's probably you know you, you always speak your mind and, and always have done you're certainly known known around the squads for, for that and that's probably why canterbury sort of snapped you up as a, an ambassador to, to speak the truth and, and speak it so so very well and, and so very very clearly um Going to let you go just after one more question, if I may. You're, you're a busy lady, got games to prepare for and all the rest of it. Like us, uh, us media people that flounce around all day. Um, big year for you. Are you just going to just sweep the door? Are you just going to grab a World Cup as well and uh, break the the winning run of, of, of consecutive games in, in rugby as well? You're just, just going to do the lot this year, are you? Fingers crossed. With that, then we work we work well in the autumns, and we get um, we get a World Cup title as well. Would be good one for the CV. Very yeah. straight bat. Um, Emily Lars will be very very pleased with that that answer. The, uh, the media <laughs> officer from the Red Roses, one game at a time. She is fully professional, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But no, look, I really really enjoyed um, you changing the game film. Um, you're shining a light on on inspirational women in in the game, and you know, I think. Um, Canterbury got themselves a, an absolute corker with you and we're certainly um, happy to be pushing these stories out there uh, of, of you, the likes of yourself, uh, inspirational women and thank you so much for for this morning but also playing your part in, in trying to grow the, the, the women's game so Ellie Kildun, thank you so much for your time this morning Amazing, thank you for having me